You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask on the Savage Podcast. It is the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. If you're listening to this podcast, the day it dropped, as they say now, things aren't released anymore. They drop. Books drop. Albums drop. Things used to be released. They used to have release dates. Now they have drop dates. I don't know when that change happened. I just noticed that today. Anyway, Thanksgiving is coming. Thanksgiving isn't one of my favorite holidays, uh, in part because I live very far away from my family and I got a lot of guilt over the years to come home. And because I fly so much for work, I just made a blanket rule, no flying on Thanksgiving weekend. So Thanksgiving became the holiday I didn't travel uh, around. Except this Thanksgiving I'm traveling. I have to go to New York. I usually don't announce these things in advance, but I'm going to announce it in advance now. Hopefully it's not going to jinx me out of it. But I'm doing the Colbert Report the Monday after Thanksgiving to talk about the It Gets Better project, which means I have to fly to get to New York in time to do the show on Monday night, the Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend, when the whole world is... On their return trip, I'm going to be leaving uh, for New York City on an airplane full of screaming children. And I'm a frequent flyer. You know how we feel about other people's children. My child's fine. Your child should have to ride in cargo. All right. And so in, you know, in impending dread of flying on Thanksgiving and also in anticipation doing the Colbert Report, I wanted to give you guys a little It Gets Better Project update because It Gets Better Project dropped. First, right here on the Savage Lovecast. It's the first place we promoted it, and the first videos came from Lovecast listeners. There are now over 6,000 It Gets Better Project videos that have been viewed more than 20 million times. We're hearing every day from teenagers, their parents, people taking hope and getting real tips about how they can make it better for themselves right now from the It Gets Better Project videos, which have been made by everybody from the President of the United States, Barack Obama, to me, to Buck Angel, transsexual porn star, drag queens, lesbian dairy farmers from Vermont, everyone on earth is making these videos. If you go to itgetsbetterproject.com, it is the new standalone It Gets Better Project website. You can make a donation there. The money goes to the Trevor Project and or Glisten. And uh, somewhere on the website, you can find out how to buy a T-shirt. I'm looking around on the website looking for that link. Can't quite find it. I'll make sure it's up and more obvious a link by the time you guys get there. Anyway, I want to thank everybody out there in podcast land who helped uh, really spread the word and launch It Gets Better Project and uh, make it what it is today, which I'll be discussing on Colbert on Monday after I fly on the Sunday after Thanksgiving. So anyway, watch for me on Colbert this week, next week, Monday night. Your calls after this. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 75,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash savage. Hi, Dan. Um, I'm a 20-year-old bi kinky girl. And anyway, I recently started seeing this guy who's really great and we get along fantastically. And when we do have sex, we have really great chemistry, even though up till now it has been solely vanilla sex. Now, the little problem is that when we met, he was <laughs> a virgin. And normally by this point, we've been seeing each other for about three weeks now, I would have had the 
so what are you into conversation? And I did. And I figured even if he was a virgin and hadn't actually made any practical applications, he would have a vast fantasy repertoire, but he doesn't. Um, He's so innocent in every possible way. I mean, I asked him what porn he watches, and he says he Google image searches things. I mean, who does that anymore? Um, But anyway, I know you usually say that when someone says they have no sexual fantasies, it's because they have a really bad one that they're trying to hide. But I honestly think that he really has no idea what he's into. So that sort of threw me for a loop. Um, And I don't want to scare him away because I really like him. And I don't know how to tell him that while I really, really enjoy the sex we've been having, and he's really good for someone who lost his virginity three weeks ago, um, that I sort of really want to be tied up and spanked and called all these horrible names and, you know, made to beg for orgasm, et cetera, et cetera, uh, without him freaking out. Um, and also a timeline, like, should I work my way up to it? Or I, I've never really been in this situation before. I've always been the lesser experienced party. And, you know, I really like him, but I, at this point, you know, I'm young and I don't think I'm going to marry the guy. So and even though he's older than me, he's much less experienced. So the campsite rule, I don't want to fuck him up. Oh, isn't that cute? You're 20 years old and you're a little kinkster and you're dating perhaps an exception to my rule. Maybe he really has no fantasies that he can articulate, that he understands. A lot of people that will have sort of, you know, kernels uh, of fantasies in their souls and they just need someone to bring them out, someone to show them a roadmap to their kinky future. And you could be that person. You just have to not be shy about your sexual interests. You have a right to your perfectly tame BDSM interests. And you should just say to him, you know, you're fun. The sex we're having is great. I realize you're inexperienced and you haven't really thought long and hard about your turn-ons and, you know, you haven't progressed very far in your sexual journey. But I've progressed a little farther and there are some things I like that we're going to do. You're going to do for me if we keep seeing each other and messing around. And you can, you know, give him a little taste. You can say – you know, I like things like this. I like a little power play. I actually like little bondage. Bondage is so not kinky anymore, people. You just shouldn't be shy about bondage. I like little bondage. I like little name calling. And then, you know, it won't seem so intimidating if you don't, you know, drop the whole 10-ton weight on him at once. And then you have, it's like, somewhere to go, a little progression. You, you want to encourage him. Give him a couple of things that you know that he could do, like a little light bondage, a little name calling, a little spanking. Who can't do that? Who can't actually kind of nail that even the first time they try? But don't give him the whole like very elaborate detailed every kink you've ever had. You know, your most extreme, uh, complicated, hard to pull off rigging fantasies because then he's going to feel intimidated. He's going to feel insecure about whether or not he'll be able to satisfy you. Uh, because he's not going to be, you know, a full-blown dungeon master the first time out with a little BDSM play. So give him a little assignment, a little something he can do, a little light bondage, a little name-calling, a little rough ass-patting. Really, that's what spanking is, actually, in an erotic context. 
Something he can do and then feel good about, have accomplished, nailed, done, perfected, stuck the dismount in you. And then he'll uh, he'll grow. Maybe. And if he doesn't grow, if you scare him off, well, then he's not the guy for you. Hi, Dan. My question is, how long do you have to be dating someone before, like, marriage should be an option? Um, the reason that it's kind of weirding me out is I live in Utah. I'm not a Mormon, but everyone around here is. And they get married really fast. And so I think that my perception of when it's appropriate is kind of fuzzy. I have two friends that they met their prospective fiance. They met their fiance at the beginning of this summer, this last summer, and they're getting married in January. And that seems really fast to me. And I know people who've gotten married after, you know, a month. So I just wondering how long is it appropriate? Because you would I, how long is it appropriate to date before marriage should be an option? There are people who dated for years, had long engagements, got married, and then got instantaneously divorced. Divorced the next day. There are people who haven't been together long, got engaged, got married right away, and you know had very successful or are having very successful happy marriages. You just can't really know. But the stats tell us. That young marriages, premature marriages, short engagements, that those are the marriages that are likeliest to quote-unquote fail. I sometimes rebel against the definition of the failure of marriage being that both people emerge from it alive. But we'll use the uh, language people use for this conversation. I, I think you know, particularly in Utah, a conservative state, a very religious place, a lot of religious young people rush into marriage because what they want is to fuck. And they've had it beaten into their heads that the only way that they can fuck – without making Jesus throw up, is to be in love and get married. So a lot of young people, religious people, people, people in places like Utah will be you know, dating someone and they think, well, uh, you know, they round something up to love and marriage that is probably just lust and horniness and availability. And then they marry and then it is a disaster because – the relationship isn't something that's going to stand the test of time because they were so young and inexperienced. They didn't know what they wanted yet. So I think your friends are making mistakes. You obviously think your friends are making mistakes. Otherwise, you wouldn't be calling with the question that you laid out. And so let them make their mistakes and you make your own. But there is no one-size-fits-all rule. You may meet somebody and decide she's it and you want to marry her. And you may be right about her, but I would under those in those circumstances, I always encourage a very long engagement. If you meet somebody and you feel that way about them, and you're sure they're the person you want to spend the rest of your life with, that will be just as true five years later as it is now, if it's true. So, get engaged, but have a nice long engagement. Hi, Dan. Uh, my name is Alice, and I'm 21 years old. Uh, so, I've been with my boyfriend for about two and a half years, and I'm totally head over heels for him. Um, we've been talking recently about having a threesome, and he really wants to. My fear is, well, I get super jealous about him. Like, when a girl even talks to him, I get into, like, the cave woman mode, and my eyes narrow, and my heart races, and all that. Um, he's only ever been faithful. I just like him, and I don't want to lose him, so I feel like... I'll get jealous in a threesome. 
the thing is, I've had a threesome with a previous boyfriend, but with that boyfriend, I wasn't jealous because I didn't feel this way about him. So I really want to give this to my boyfriend, but I feel really nervous about how it would make me feel. So you go to the boyfriend and you say, hey, I've had threesomes before, if he doesn't already know it. But when I've had them in the past, it was with guys I just didn't care about as much as I care about you. That'll go over really well. He'll delight to know that because you like him so much, he will be denied this particular pleasure. No, he won't like that. He'll feel like he's being punished because he's such an awesome guy. He's not going to have this experience that other guys you've been with have had because you like him too much to share him. So you just acknowledge that. Just throw that out there. And then here's what you do. You say, we can move forward planning to have a three-way, but what has to be accommodated here is my jealousy and insecurity around losing you. So we have to plan a three-way that I am completely in control of and in charge of. But the planning and control and being in charge can't be you throwing up so many logistical and situational roadblocks that it can never happen. But you make it a sexy thing. You find the girl that you could have this three-way with or a guy you could have this three-way with. You can tweak his jealousy too a little bit there. And when and if it happens, you're in charge of how it unfolds. At least the first time you guys have uh, that three-way. And I think that's a good way to go about it. Instead of saying we're going to have one encounter with this person where everything that we want to experience or that you want to experience has to happen on this one night at this one time. Because then the stakes are so high. What you say is we're going to find somebody that wants to mess around with us a few times and hang out. And then it's baby steps and you're in charge at that first three-way the first couple times. So you can test how jealous you will really be in the moment. So what you say to him is the first time we mess around with her, we're just going to roll around. We're just going to kiss. Maybe we'll all masturbate together. But there will be no penetration, no oral sex. And you know, you'll get to see four boobies at once. How awesome is that? But – to accommodate my, my my jealousy and my insecurity, that first time I want to see that you can take it slow and you can let me really direct everything. And I'm sure he'll toe that line, particularly if he understands that you know if he hits that mark, there'll be another three-way. And then you can relax and loosen up. Then you will see if he can prove to you that he's worthy of this three-way and others. You'll see his gratitude. You'll see that he obeys, you'll see that he is willing to take it slow and be conscious of and thoughtful about your emotional needs as these explorations unfold and as these fantasies of his are realized. And I guarantee that you'll get more comfortable with it. If he can demonstrate that, allow you to be in charge of it, you can find somebody you trust and not think of having a three-way, but think of having three ways with this other person. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 75,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audiobook versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out this service. One audiobook to consider is Amy Sedaris's Simple Times, Crafts for Poor People. Amy Sedaris is freaking hilarious. And she reads the book herself, so you definitely want to check that out. For your free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash savage. That is audiblepodcast.com slash savage. Hi, Dan. I'm an 18-year-old college, uh, straight girl in college. And, well, 
So last night I was asked by a couple that I'm friends with both of them, uh, male and female, and they asked me to be a part of a threesome with them. Um, that the girl and the couple is bisexual and I'm pretty androgynous. Um, and so basically they asked me to join them for a threesome. I said I'd think about it. And, well, the yeah, the, the male party in the couple, I would like to fuck. But the girl, she's a beautiful girl, but she, I just not, I just couldn't picture, I just can't imagine having sex with anybody who has female parts. I don't know. I just, I just like having sex with men. And so, I don't know. I guess I'm asking, I can imagine a lot of straight girls have threesomes with a guy and a girl, and I'm wondering how they, you know, attract, sexually attracted women do a sexual act that involves a woman. And also, is it wrong to have a threesome only because you really want to fuck one of them? But since they're dating, you figure a threesome is just the the best way to sort of slip in there without, you know, uh, tearing anything apart. We're all 18, so this is sort of like, none of us have ever done had a threesome before. And, uh, yeah, I don't really know how to go about any of it. So thank you. It's not wrong to have a three-way with a couple when you're only attracted to one of the persons in that couple. And it's actually easier when it's a heteros having it, when there's gender jumble in the three-way. Because all you have to do is say to this couple who are bi and bi-identified that you would be up for a three-way maybe, but you are 100% not bi. You are straight, straight, straight. And you are attracted to him because he's a hot dude. Uh, and you would be up for uh, a three-way where you're pivoting off him with her and sharing him with her, but you are just not up for any same-sex contact. And just be honest about that. And what can she say uh, under those circumstances? They can say yes or no. If what they're looking for is someone who wants to mess around with both of them, obviously you're not that person and you should bow out. And then you just lob the ball back into their court and they can decide where they want to invite you to play or continue to play. It's more difficult when it's, you know, three dudes or three women for one of the person, you know, for the invitee to only be into one of the persons because there's not sort of an easy face saving out. The person who, you know, is less attractive or the person that the guest uh, isn't attracted to will be very self-conscious and feel uh, bad because the presume the presumption when it's a, you know, boy boy boy, girl 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 is that everyone's going to share and share alike. Uh, because everyone's queer, but you know when it's two guys and a woman, or two women and a guy, that presumption isn't necessarily enforced because some people are straight and don't want to have bi contact. So just toss that out there. I guess I'm advancing a little double standard here because I'm saying it's okay for a boy girl girl or a boy boy girl three way for the guest to not be into one of the people, and it's not necessarily okay for the guest in a boy 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 girl 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 three way to feel the same way and. That's not quite what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's easier uh, and potentially less upsetting uh, in the boy-boy-girl or girl-girl-boy scenario for the guest to not be into one of the people because if the guest is queer, you know, if you're, you're inviting a lesbian and she's, you know, not into dudes uh, or the guest is straight and not into any bi action, uh, you have a face-saving way out really. 
and you know you're not being attracted to that person is about you and who you are because you're straight and you're not into girls so you're not into her and it's not a value judgment about the attractiveness of that other person they're just disqualified out of the gate because of their gender so go for it have fun hi dan um i'm a 22 year old straight identified male um i have a question for you would seem like a simple question but yeah it's not I um, go to a very small art school uh, with about, I don't know, 1,500 people in it in a town that's just out of reach from the city if you don't have a car, which I don't. And, you know, I don't get along with... um, When you go to art school, you go to be an artist, yes, but you also go to meet other people like you and... I, you know, I have, I've made some really good friends, but in the dating world and the sex world and just the girl world, I really thought that girls would be more interesting. And at art school, it seems like there's a lot more selfish, rich girls. There's a lot more just, uh, like severe psychopaths, um, girls that I just don't want to be involved with. You know, I'm here, it's my third year now in school and I want to be able to focus on my work. So, um, you know, and, but at the same time, be around people that I enjoy being with. Even friends, I would love to have some, some female friends, you know, that I could get along with. But the more, the more around, the more I look around me, the more <laughs> normal all the girls around me are. I don't know uh, what I should do. Uh, should I just, you know, um, put my cock on hold and just just stick it out for the next two years until I graduate and can move to the city, move somewhere else, move to a better place, you know, go to grad school? Or should I, you know, just, you know, lie, <laughs> just pretend to be a different person so that I can, you know hook up or do whatever, you know, um, if you could help, that would be great. Have you met any women since you recorded that question who aren't rich bitches, psycho bitches, or boring bitches? Has anything (laughs) changed? Well, I mean, I mean, you know, that's the thing. It's hard. Are you eating? Wait, are you eating while you talk to me? No, I'm chewing gum. Sorry. Okay. Spit the gum out. Be a gentleman. Sounds disgusting. I'm not no, allowed to eat while I record my show anymore, so you're not allowed to eat while I record my show. <laughs> uh, all right. So have you met well, anybody yeah, no, who's not I, a rich no, bitch? I no? No. So without revealing... Well, I, met, I, have, there's, I, I have met one girl who I've been sort of like... Well, you're going you're gonna to think I'm funny for saying this, but you know, I haven't met any crazy girls except for the one that I'm... Sort of, but kind of, not really, but sort of seeing. Mm-hmm. So without revealing uh, the name of your school and giving it away, how many students are there at your school? Uh, it's about 1,400. Okay, so it's a tiny liberal arts college. Yeah. And, you know, a, a tiny liberal arts college is usually a very expensive liberal arts college. Yeah. You know... It is possible that you're right. It is there could be a selection bias thing going on, and your liberal arts college could just be overrun with spoiled, rotten twats. But 
almost invariably when somebody says to me, you know, all gay men are terrible or all women are terrible or all men are terrible and everybody sucks and there's no decent guys out there or no decent girls, you know, in every relationship I've ever been in, they've been, you know, crazy, asshole, bastard, bitch, whore, slut, whatever. (laughs) You have to look at that person and say, you know what? The only common denominator in all these relationships you've been in is you. And so you need to, I'm going to give you a little bit of an out here and say, there's, you know, you go to a very small school with about 700 women, maybe. And it is possible because you have to be kind of rich to go to that school. And you have to be a little self-involved because it's an art school to go to that school. That maybe you're right. Maybe there are no women there who aren't crazy, boring, or rich. And so therefore you don't want to date any of them. Although I've met some nice rich people in my time, just saying. Particularly if you're an artist, you might want to like hang on to the nice rich ones and not just rule them out. Right. <laughs> rich people are patrons of the arts. While you work on your work, you might want to think about that. Right, exactly. But you need to look at yourself and say, am I the asshole? Because that's always a possibility. You could be the asshole. Right? Right. And you may not be attracting decent women because you're a jerk. Or you come across like a jerk, <laughs> like a gum-chewing jerk. And so you need to – maybe you need to do a little assessment while also I'm going to give you you know, an out here and say, okay, it's a very small population of women that you, from which you have to draw. And it's, it's not true. a representative sample because it's a small liberal arts college. It's expensive. And maybe you'll do better when you get to New York and you have – you know, wherever you're going to move, Toronto, wherever you're going to move when you graduate. And you'll have you know, more uh, bitches to choose from than the bitches where you are right now. <laughs> But you're not going to have any more luck if you get to New York and the problem is you, even there are millions of women in New York, if you're the problem here, it's not going to change. Yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, I mean, what's weird is before I came to the school, I was always uh, the guy who was too nice. And now here I'm getting from girls that they can't read me, that I'm sort of, that they I'm like a wall and... That I'm kind, I can be kind of a dick sometimes. I don't know what happened. Maybe I came to art school and something changed, and I just hadn't, didn't, couldn't, couldn't tell or something. I don't know. I can't know unless I come and do an assessment in person, and I don't have the time. Right. Uh, you do say though <laughs> you want to focus on your work. Well, maybe just the universe is conspiring to deprive you of pussy because you're the next Michelangelo, and we need you to focus on your work right now while you're in college. And you will have to masturbate a lot and then move to a city right. with more women. This Go, college is really expensive, so maybe I should be focusing on my studies. You should be focusing on your studies, perhaps. And, you know, a little self-assessment. A little, like, you know, without getting too insecure, without shredding yourself about it. Like, maybe part of it's me, particularly if the, women, the feedback you're getting is you're a dick. Although, you know, a lot of women like dick in every sense. They like dick dick itself, the penis. They also like guys with a little bit of attitude and an edge, the bad boy thing, as you discovered when you were considered too nice. And maybe you just haven't calibrated correctly. There's there's a balance between, you know, being the nice guy, douchebag, not very interesting uh, dude that women use as emotional tampons and not boyfriends, and being, you know, the asshole that they won't even contemplate dating. You've got to be a little bit of an emotional tampon and a little bit of an asshole, and you have to find a balance. And maybe you just haven't found that balance yet. And this dry period is going to help you find that balance cool all right so enjoy your dry period and uh we wish you the best of fuck hi dan Uh, i am a 28 year old straight female on the east coast 
Um, and I just wanted, I guess, confirmation from you that I did the right thing tonight. So I met this guy tonight in a gay bar. You know, what you're thinking, it was karaoke night, and there were straight and gay people there. He was a friend of a friend, so that was kind of my feeling that he was an okay person because my friend chose to hang around with him. He was drunker than I was. I only had a couple drinks, but he wasn't incoherent or anything like that. Um, and we went back to my place. Uh, we were watching a movie and fooling around on the couch a little bit. And uh, before I got any further, I told him that I didn't want to go any further than, you know, just fooling around. And he was like, what, like a blowjob and stuff? And I was like, yeah, that's, that's fine. That's what I am interested in doing this evening. So we moved into the bedroom and we were fooling around and uh, he uh, got a little excited and uh, tried to uh, stick his dick inside. And I was like, uh, nope, not going to do that as a toilet on the couch, not interested in having you fucking me tonight. And he was like, oh, sorry, you know, and I was chalking it up to his reptile brain. So I was like, all right, well, I'll give you a second chance, whatever. So I'm making out some more and whatever. And uh, he tried it again, and I'm like, all right, uh, said no. Uh, I'm not trying to be a prude here. I'm not trying to be a bitch, but, you know, I kind of told you no, and you're not wearing a condom, and I'm not on the pill, so I would like you to not do that. And uh, so that kind of ruins the mood, as you could expect. And um, it was like 3 o'clock in the morning, and uh, he was like, all right, well, uh, do you have an alarm clock? And I was like, uh, I don't really think I want you to stay. And, uh, you know, he basically told me I was a bitch, and are you fucking kidding me, and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, you know what, I, I just, I'm not feeling it, <laughs> you know? Um, I told you, I, I, you know, I laid it out on the table what I was interested in, made it clear, um, repeated myself basically twice. So uh, I sent him packing in the middle of the night um, to walk the few blocks to his apartment. I guess whether being an asshole making him walk home by himself at night or was I totally justified in not wanting to cuddle with someone who is not respecting my wishes. I listened to your call and thought, I hate women. Not because you're a <laughs> bitch, because I don't think you're a okay. bitch. I hate women because, and it's not women I hate. I hate the way women are socialized, to be so deferential. And then when a woman does the right thing, and you did the right thing by sending that guy packing, the you know the way women are socialized to defer to men and to be overly concerned about the way men feel, even men who were being complete asshole, motherfucker, douchebag pieces of shit to them, they worry that they maybe were too bitchy or too awful. <laughs> you yeah, I've been talking to like a lot of my girlfriends and a couple guy friends since it happened, and I was like, you know, was I was I such an asshole sending him home, in, you know, in the cold, dark night at three o'clock in the morning? And everybody was like, no, why would you even think that? Yeah, you know? absolutely <laughs> not. This guy twice, you know, pushed the issue. You know, some people are going to call in and say you were raped or it was attempted rape. Was it? Were you rolling around? Were you naked? And was he trying to initiate in a way where it was sort of like? trying to obtain your consent physically to something you'd said no to before, or was... Yeah, I mean, at, at no point did I feel like I was being sexually assaulted. Like, we were definitely rolling around, playing the bases, if you will. And he was, and I was, he know, was asking, we were, he was re-asking the question physically that yeah, you'd already said no to. not with words, exactly. Right. So he was like, well, you know, obviously this girl seems open, and she's sucking my dick, and we're making out and having a great time, so maybe now, maybe now I can try again. <laughs> 
I didn't feel like he was being like overtly aggressive or trying, you know, to put his hand over my mouth or anything like that. No, no, no. It was just, he was just, I think, you know, being a typical guy and just like trying to see if maybe I would change my mind now that we were naked. Okay. And so let's not, <laughs> let's not call him as some people have probably already called him in calls that have probably already come into the Savage Love Line before anybody listened to my response. Let's not label him a rapist. Let's label him an asshole. But also, he proved the first time he made the attempt, and then certainly the second time he made the attempt, that he couldn't be trusted. And you don't fall asleep. You don't fall asleep in your apartment with a strange person who's naked that you can't trust. Right. Who's made it clear that they're not trustworthy. You were 100% in the right to send him home, all three blocks in the dark. (laughs) <laughs> right. In your shoes, I would have sent him home with his dick cut off, stuffed in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, it was just, I was kind of surprised by his reaction because, you know, I think our our encounter, if you will, ended very abruptly. You know, we were rolling around having a good time, and after, you know, I think it was the third time that he was trying to penetrate me, I was like, all right, we're done. And I turned the lights on, and I went to the bathroom, and when I came back out, he had his pants on, so I assumed he got the hint that we were done. And then he wanders in looking for his cell phone, he's like, uh, can you help me set an alarm? And I was like, are you kidding me? Get yeah. out of my house. Yeah, you were absolutely just, like, right. muttering under his breath. You were absolutely <laughs> right. He proved himself to be a douche with an entitlement problem and a misogyny problem, and you that you didn't fall asleep. You know, I've labeled him an asshole for his conduct so far. Potential rapist, too. Because right. God knows what could have happened if you'd fallen asleep with that entitled, pushy dickwad in your bed. You know, you took the bull by the horns and you sent the motherfucker packing to protect right. yourself. Whether you knew exactly what that, you know, was what you were doing or not, that's exactly what you were doing. You were making sure... Sh- it wasn't safe having this man in your house. And that... You're well, and who cares that he was pissed off? You're well fucking rid of him. That this dude wasn't willing to accept a blowjob and an orgasm, that he couldn't behave himself in really what was audition sex, because God knows, you know, if he'd proved himself to be a decent, fun, sexually uh, giving and grateful human being, would you have seen him again? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were we were totally, you know, into each other. We have, you know, like, a mutual friend, so to me that's exciting, you know, to meet someone in a, in a natural setting through, a, through someone I like, you know, that, that kind of having them vouched for in that way. It definitely attracted him, and, like, penetration was definitely not off the table in the future. Like, I didn't, like, open my, my let's hook up statement with, by the way, I'm never going to sleep with you ever. It was, this is what I'm into doing this evening. Is that okay? He said yes, and then apparently it wasn't okay. So... I mean, he, he, he lost out because I'm, you know, a pretty giving partner, so... <laughs> and <for> let, this, <laughs> let this be a lesson to other straight dudes who are listening. When you're offered a blowjob, say thank you and accept the blowjob. If what you really right. want is penetration, <laughs> that, may be in, that may be in the offing. You still could get to penetration, just not tonight. But exactly. if you're and a good, I decent, he... thankful, grateful boy about the blowjob, the penetration could come your way next time. And this dude That's fucked exactly himself it. out of the sex have... he wanted to have by not having the sex that you were up for. That's right. It could have been penetration three days later, honestly. But, you know, now, you know, we're never going to speak to each other again, and it's just done. And you're going to go to your mutual friend, and you're going to tell him exactly what went down. 
I did, actually. I sent her a message um, that night, and I was like, listen, you know, I just wanted to let you know what happened just in case, you know, he gets back to you. You know, I, I hope I haven't made anything uncomfortable for you since you're his friend and you introduced us, but this is what happened. And she wrote back, and she's like, yeah, sometimes when he gets drunk, he's really grabby, and, you know, he apologizes profusely the next day and blah, blah. And I was like, I really maybe could have used that heads up before you, you know, set me off with them. She's like, yeah, well, you know, you guys seem to be really hitting it off, so I didn't want to spoil it. And I was like, well, I spoiled it myself, so. <laughs> you know, it's not, just, it's, it's not just this dude who fucked himself out of your life. I think you might want to think about this friend and whether she fucked herself yeah. out of your life, too. Because that is one of the roles friends play for friends, is this kind of, like, romantic round of vouch for a system. You take everything with a grain of salt as things happen, right? So... Well, thanks very much. Thanks for calling, Dan. It was nice talking to you. Hi, I'm a 21-year-old homosexual male, and um, I had a question for you, Dan. One of my friends, um, who self-identifies as straight, has asked me to um, give him head in order to help him relax. And um, initially I said, okay, well, I would be willing to do that, uh, on XX and X condition so that I can get off too. And he said that was fine. But um, I'm now, th- I mean, I haven't done anything yet. I'm just thinking I don't really want to ruin our fr- relationship and I don't want to ruin our friendship. And I'm also concerned that I might be crossing some sort of invisible boundary, even though he is the one that propositioned me first. I had never brought up sex in our friendship. I had never brought up anything of that nature ever in our friendship. And he is the one that came to me about this. And um, I'm just concerned that I would be crossing some sort of invisible boundary that uh, would ruin our friendship. I'm concerned that um, if I did go through with this and something awkward was to happen, we wouldn't be friends anymore. And uh, I'm just afraid that like, if I go through with it, at the end of the day, he's going to be like, you convinced me to do this, even though I propositioned you first. You're worried about crossing some invisible boundary, you say. That invisible boundary has already been crossed. He crossed it. You worry about something awkward happening. Something awkward has already happened and he made it happen. If you're worried about boundaries and awkwardness, it's too late. You're on the other side of that boundary and things are awkward and there's been no blowjobs. Might as well have the blowjob with the awkwardness and the boundaries being crossed since they're already crossed. Might as well have some sex. Might as well have some fun. Just have a nice, long, detailed, involved conversation with him about who he is and what exactly he wants. And say, you know, I don't want you to turn around post-blowjob or six months from now, six months worth of blowjobs from now, and act like this was all my idea or I somehow seduced you. You know, I'm willing – like if this turns you on, if this scenario turns you on, I'm willing to service you. You're straight identified. You must be a touch by or you couldn't do this. I don't – you know, maybe you'll be thinking comp- only about ladies while, you know, you're experiencing the sensations. Maybe it's trade. But I don't want to get into a position where you treat me like I'm some sort of bully sexual predator six months from now who seduced you into doing what it is that you asked me to do for you. And just get him on the record. Get him to lay it out. Get him to really articulate what he's thinking and what's in it for him. And perhaps get it in writing. Maybe this is a conversation you should have over email. 
so that if he ever does try to pull the 180 on you and act like this is some this is all your idea and you seduced him into the gay blowjob recipient lifestyle, you can throw those emails back in his face. But Jesus, God, have fun. And finally, I love that he wants a blowjob to relax. You know, he needs a sexual release. Maybe he's one of those guys who sleeps better ever having an orgasm. He can give himself an orgasm. But I suspect he wants those blowjobs for something in addition to the relaxation factor. You know, he, you're young. Perhaps he's young too. Perhaps this is his first tentative step out of the closet. Uh, if not to, you know, being openly gay. Maybe he's not gay. Perhaps to being openly bi or bi identity. Maybe that's what he needs to relax about. Maybe you can suck him in that direction. Hey, Dan, I'm calling about podcast 212 where the vegan guy called in about his crazy girlfriend. I completely agree with you, except for the fact that I do think he should be reprimanded for lying because even though she's clearly crazy and controlling, etc., the correct response to that is not to lie. The correct response to that is to say, hey, this is reality. This is what you've got, and you either take it or leave it. Because here's the thing, now that he's lied, she's got all these people on her side backing her up that she's crazy. People who are like that, who are controlling, it's like you can't just tell them what they want to hear and then it becomes like the bad guy's fault for lying. Like you have to tell them like this is unacceptable and I do not um, want a life where I have to live by your rules. Um, and seriously, she needs to be told. And she's going to keep getting dumped over and over. And then finally, she might realize, huh, I'm controlling. Whereas if they break up now, the story's going to be, oh, he lied. He's a liar. And I just think that, you know, for all the reasons he shouldn't have lied, that's number one. She's got sympathizers now. Uh, she shouldn't have sympathizers. Um, anyway, that's all. Thanks. I agree with you up to a point. Um, yeah, he shouldn't have lied. He should never have allowed himself to be so whipped that he felt like he had to lie. But there are instances where people are in relationships with crazy and controlling people where they do omit, they do lie, they do shade things because they don't want to draw the craziness out of their partner. You know, it's easy to say, take it or leave it. This is my truth. This is who I am. Take me or leave me early in a relationship because it's easy to go early in a relationship. Sometimes people find themselves in relationships where the crazy gets worse over time because the person who's crazy kind of downplays it at first. They know to downplay it at first. So they don't drive people off. And then what comes up is someone's in a long-term relationship. Their lives are kind of integrated. Leaving is difficult with someone who is irrational about some subject and the person who's rational about that subject is really kind of begging to be lied to and putting that other person in a position where they kind of have to lie a little bit to keep the peace and to still you know, do the things that they feel they have a right to do. I'm not talking about cheating here. I'm talking about eating a little paella on a trip to Spain. So yeah, he shouldn't have lied. She shouldn't have been a crazy controlling bitch. He should have probably never been in a long-term relationship with her at all. But he found himself, as so many people have done, found himself in a long-term relationship with someone who's crazy and irrational about a particular subject. Lots of people under those circumstances shade the truth, omit, lie, and I don't think they can be faulted for it. Hey, Dan, this is Andy in Wisconsin. Uh, I just listened to episode 212, and the crazy vegan girlfriend, 
well, she's crazy, and he should dump her. I have a vegan girlfriend, and, well, I live in Wisconsin, so I'm not vegan. I eat cheese, I eat meat, and it's cool because she's not fucking psycho. And it works out, and we both eat what we want to eat, and he should dump her. Hi, Dan. I'm calling about uh, episode 212, the guy with the vegan girlfriend. Um, and I just wanted to say I've been a vegetarian for 12 years, and I've actually only ever dated one guy who was also a vegetarian. And I found that being easygoing about it is kind of the best way to handle it. And when you proselytize, people don't tend to respond too well. And um, I just wanted to say I don't think she sounds so fun-loving. <laughs> and uh, I think she's kind of the kind of girl that gives us all a bad name, being that negative. Um, and withholding sex is shooting yourself in the foot. Um, and forcing someone to take a cleanse is a bit dehumanizing. And I think you can't really make people take on your theories and um, when you do act like that, it's a bit tyrannical, which is kind of not really attractive either. And uh, I just wanted to say that you sound like a hot guy and you deserve better and you should have your paella and your pussy too. So good luck and hopefully you can find someone who's up for that. All right, take care. Hi, Dan. I just listened to episode 212, um, the mostly vegan guy with the vegan girlfriend, and he said something really strange that after he ate meat, you know, once every two months, she made him do a cleanse before she would have sex with him. And that seems crazy. Like, she's going to get his meat-eating cooties if he doesn't do a cleanse. I don't think that has anything to do with carbon footprint. And also, flying is one of the most high-carbon-emitting things you can do. And going to Spain on a plane is fine, but eating paella is not fine. I agree with you that she's crazy, and I don't know why his family was not seeing that. Anyway, love the show. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, everybody, for your calls and your questions and your comments. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. If you want to record a question or comment for a future show, give us a buzz. 206-201-2720. Watch for me this Monday night on The Colbert Report. We'll be talking about the It Gets Better Project, itgetsbetterproject.com. We want to wish all of you a very happy Thanksgiving. And to the queers out there who are thinking about coming out to their families at Thanksgiving, no time like the present. Might as well get it out of the way before Hanukkah. Enjoy your holiday. We'll be back at you next week. Me and the Tech Savvy at Risk Youth with another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thanks for downloading. <laughs>